If I've timed this episode correctly, today is Halloween. So, happy Halloween! Which also means that November is just around the corner. One of my favorite literature months ever. And not only because it is NaNoWriMo, for those that have no idea what I'm talking about, November is National Novel Writing Month, NaNoWriMo. People all over the world find the time to write a 50,000-word novel during the month of November. I've started so many projects during this time in the last 10 years. It's so much fun and a great way to connect with other storytellers, break through that creative block, and really prove to yourself that you can, indeed, carve out the time to write a novel in just as little as a month if your heart so desires. Also, keep in mind, it'll be a first draft, so not meant to be your best work, but it'll be work. And that's important. I love November for other literary reasons, too, most of which have to do with some of the stories we've already read together here on Lesser Known Works. It seems some of the most lovely and romantic stories begin with a cold November morning. The letters from season one, and there was also uh, Roses and Forget-Me-Nots from season two. I'll argue till I'm red in the face, (laughs) which doesn't take long for this fair-skinned gal, that autumn is the true companion to books. Spring, you'll always have my heart. But autumn, afternoons, with a cozy knit, a favorite classic book, and a warm apple cider all bundled up underneath a maple tree in a late afternoon cool breeze, sounds like book heaven to me. I hope you're enjoying book heaven this season. All right, let's begin with the real reason we're gathered today. Let's chat The Three Lemons, a Norwegian fairy tale. Disclaimer. There will be spoilers. So if you haven't had a chance to read the story or listen to the audiobook, I highly recommend that you do. Of course, hang out with us if you don't mind spoilers. I'll discuss a few things that I loved about this fairy tale, the moral I found, and what I learned from the story. I'm always told to start with the things that you like or love first, so let's start there. The Three Lemons doesn't quite begin with fairy characters as I was expecting, but it does start with a tragedy, which seems to be the commonality in most fairy tales. Hmm, perhaps I'll do a study of the fairy tale genre in our next newsletter. The tragedy is not something that I loved, of course, but instead I loved that we were slowly introduced to the fairy tale elements. It starts as more of a fable, almost like a biblical story even. But then suddenly we have a princess to find, a king's heart to mend, magical whistles, a mysterious granny that owes Mike by the stove a favor. (laughs) Does she ever return the favor? I don't think so. And dwarves that lead us to our treasure. And then the real magic begins. Three beautiful princesses trapped inside the three lemons. What a concept. Firstly, I can't imagine drinking from a lemon. I mean, yes, lemonade, of course, of course, of course. But that's with honey and diluted with water. Drinking from the fruit? That's a level of dehydration I have never experienced. Though I imagine it'll perk up anyone's spirits. I do have some thoughts on why the princesses were trapped in lemons. I'll share that in a bit. 
Mike's serendipity was the most charming element of this whole story. I really would love a retelling of the story, though perhaps change the ending so Mike and his princess are the ones who fall in love. Oh, or maybe they become genuine friends or something. Or he's like her protector. I don't know. And somehow save the other two princesses, of course. Maybe one becomes a villain. Hmm? Maybe? I don't know. All I can think about now is how best to retell this story. (laughs) I've become distracted. I think we'll need a dragon or two since, you know, dwarves. Oh, gosh. Anyway, I thoroughly enjoyed our main character, exploring through the forest with curious eyes and hardly any fear. He has the heart of a true knight. Maybe a little too carefree, but I love it. Our last and most beautiful princess classically undergoes several magical transformations before she's presented to her future husband, the king. Not by choice, unfortunately. She's hidden within the lemon, of course, then transforms into herself, but wearing a smock. Then the silver fish, the lump of silver in the ash, the beautiful linden tree, and finally the branch of pure silver. And on the note of transformations and in direct contrast to our princess, the cook, you know, the one who stole the princess's identity and tried to murder her on several occasions, blaming witchcraft, has many, many, many chances at redemption. But she chooses selfishness and greed each time without hesitation. An ugliness that seeps from the inside out, unlike the princess who emerges even more beautiful than before. Which I think might be the moral of the story here. Beauty lies within. Now, we really don't know much about the princess as far as character is concerned. We know she's beautiful. Well, actually, the most beautiful. And she's been assaulted, locked up, and bullied for it. As she undergoes each transformation, we get closer and closer to the core. The essence of who she is. In the end, she is pure. And so... I think, though, we don't really get a good sense of her character through action and dialogue. We're given a glimpse of her through this metaphor. She is transformed into pure silver after being burned to ashes, shedding all her previous coats, so to speak. Perhaps this fairy tale is here to remind us that beauty is something created, something mined and worked at. Something that sits at our core, not just on our sleeves. And inward beauty reflects on our outward appearance as well. You might have several people in mind as I'm describing this kind of beauty. A smile that radiates from within. A hug that remedies any malady. A posture of humility I think is so beautiful and long-lasting. A listening ear, and so on. Oh yes, I wanted to circle back to the use of lemons here. Norway, because this is a Norwegian fairy tale. I'm not sure if they can grow lemons there. It seems it would be too cold. So maybe it's a rarity in Norway, kind of like the pure silver. But more importantly, (laughs) lemons are sour. So my thought is that perhaps the sour lemon supports my little theory of transformation. She starts a bit tart and emerges a pure being. I don't know. But it does contrast perfectly with the cook. Desperate to be beautiful. Which I don't think is entirely the cook's fault. Well, yes. The murdering of the princess and manipulating her lover and the king and blaming it on witchcraft is a cruel thing indeed. And she's at fault for that for sure. 
But the cook's desperation to be beautiful seems to stem from society. The king wants the most beautiful princess, not just a good match. So it goes without saying that the cook isn't our only villain. Society standards, isn't it always, are to blame here. And I wonder if that is something our author was hinting at, too. I mean, we have no idea if the king is handsome or even Mike with a stove. Only the women are valued by their physical appearance in this story. Thinking about Mike, I love that Mike by the stove is nowhere to be seen during these altercations. I imagine, true to his character, he's off on some other adventure, just enjoying life through his curious eyes. Reminds me a lot of my husband Brian. Perhaps that's why I'm so enamored with Mike by the stove. I suppose, though, the ultimate moral of the story... (laughs) It's always bring your water jug with you, no matter what. Stay hydrated, friends. Well, that's all I really have to say about the three lemons, for now anyway. I might have more thoughts for our newsletter readers in two weeks. Thank you so much for listening to this little review of a fairy tale buried in the public domain. I mean, really buried in there. (laughs) It took a really long afternoon to find. I hope you enjoyed the audiobook. If you're interested in snagging a free digital copy of The Three Lemons, all exclusively curated by Lesser Known Works, sign up for the Lesser Known Works newsletter. All newsletter readers receive a free ebook. Of course, the story is in the public domain and available to you always for free. You can find a copy, I think, I think it was Project Gutenberg, in a Norwegian collection with uh, tons of other interesting, slightly creepy fairy tales. I'll link that below for you. Again, thank you so much for being here. I hope you have a safe and happy Halloween. Until next time, with love and gratitude, Jane.